You're listening to Your Day Brighter, the podcast, real reasons to have hope in this world. Hi, I'm your host, Tracy Tiernan, and today I get to introduce to you one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, he is also my new co-host on The Morning Show right here on 95.1 Shine FM in Baltimore. I've had the privilege of being a part of The Morning Show and a part of this ministry, really, for many years. Mike Alley is his name. Hello, Mike Alley. Hey there. <laughs> that intro, how many other people have you said there? One oh. of your favorite people on the planet. Mm. Anyway, okay. so no, but you really you are. Mike and I are old friends. Yes. Um, Mike and I did the morning show together for ten years with our friend Dave Paul. It was Tracy, Mike, and Dave. And then Mike made a very big decision to leave something that he really loved in order to to dig in deeper to something else that he loved. I want you to get to know this wonderful man, and uh, you'll know um, some of the reasons why I'm so excited to have him back with me in the mornings here at Shine FM and why we're so blessed to have him uh, a part of this ministry. So sit back, relax, uh, get yourself a mug of something because that's very important to Mike and, and to me. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just uh, we'll just jump right in. Thanks for listening. Mike, we teased everybody with the idea of getting something uh, in a mug to drink while they listen to this conversation between you and I. Yes. If someone wants to get to know you well, they first have to understand (laughs) how you feel about coffee. Please explain. Uh, Coffee has become a passion of mine. It was something that I enjoyed, but didn't realize that the nuances of it, much like people enjoy, you know, uh, certain wines or cheeses or whatever, and they and that's just the thing they get into. I got into coffee. It was really something that I enjoyed discovering. Um, it's what they call, you know, in, in coffee, they call it the third wave of coffee, which is what's happening now. All these specialty roasters. Yeah. Everybody roasts. Um, but... It's about the beans and finding out where they're from and the nuances. I mean, everybody just thought, oh, here's this hot black sludge, <laughs> and we drink it, and we put cream and sugar in it to make it palatable. And 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 it was that for a lot of years because nobody knew any better. And then as we found out more and more people decided to make it a craft, really. Um, and it's just something that, that I really enjoy, and I enjoy tasting different ones and all of that. Now, I'm not a snob. I love going to the local diner. <laughs> and grabbing a you know grabbing a cup of coffee yeah. uh you know that's fine so it, it's part of that and it it really shifted for me away from as i stopped drinking sodas yes and and oh. other things honestly right now i drink coffee and water that's pretty much it that's it uh so <laughs> for a number of reasons one you know sugar sodas those kinds of things but then also since uh my surgery a couple of years ago my bariatric surgery to lose weight Things like I used to drink the sparkling water, the carbonation, yeah. that's something they don't recommend afterwards. Oh, I didn't so know that. So it's really still water, and coffee is where I enjoy the flavor and the and the textures and the smell. And now, you're a super taster. It. Can you taste, like, different notes in coffee? Can Are you one of those people that I have that's... developed. I have de- and, and that is a skill. Most people are like, oh, that's very pretentious. It's very... No, it's if you want to taste it. You know, yeah. if you want to go in and you want to sit down and go... Let me actually smell this and try a little bit. 
and really just let it swirl around rather than just, I'm just going to chug this. And I've been that way with everything. Yeah. I mean, why do you like Coke over Pepsi over uh, RC Cola or whatever? It's whatever the flavor profile of that is Mm -hmm. hits you differently. It's the same thing with with coffees. Uh, There, it's just about different beans and where they're grown and all of that. It's very interesting. And you, you got me into coffee. You, you and Dave. We did got me into coffee. I was like, well, we had to rip you away from Diet Coke. You, is what thank, was happening? <laughs> thank God you did. I mean, oh, I can't believe how many years I drank Diet Coke all the time. Yeah, and it wasn't doing good things for you. No, at it that was time, not. So, so. I, really, you saved my life. So yeah. I just want to say thank you. There you go. But <laughs> yeah, and and then you, yeah, you got into it, and and uh, I love it now. And and I think you're probably like me in a sense of you enjoy really good coffee. I really do. But then sometimes it's just what is closest. Yes. There is hot, <laughs> there is hot dark liquid and it's going to help me. Yes, totally. Yeah. It's it's the medicinal properties of it, but I I, I have uh, have developed a passion for it much like you. I've learned that from you. Um but before I transition off this topic mm-hmm. of coffee because this is important if you want to know Mike Alley, <laughs> you know, you got to know that he loves his coffee. Where in the world does Mike Alley get the best cup of coffee? So favorite favorite places when I'm in Nashville which I go a few times a year to Nashville there is a roaster there called crema and they make the best Cuban Mm. that I have ever had um and I go I don't care if I'm there for half a day I will make sure I find my way past crema to get a (laughs) cup of, uh, to get a Cuban before I go. Uh, They also roast great beans. I've had so many good just roasted beans from there that I bring home. Uh, Here, when you're based in like the Baltimore, D.C. area, so many great roasters, so many good ones. Probably my my top two favorites like here in Baltimore that I get all the time is uh, Vagrant Coffee, uh-huh. um, which is uh, amazing. Josh Drew and his, his team just, they roast amazing coffee. Mm. So I love going into their places and getting a cup of coffee, but they're a place I go and go, okay, I need a bag of beans to take with <laughs> right. me. Them and Ceremony Coffee, um, based in Annapolis, is another one that just roasted beans, great selection um love Mm. their different varieties and um, so those are you know those are those prop those are probably like my top three and and there's like the national ones if you hear people talk about coffee you'll hear stump town in portland which i've been to you hear intelligentsia in chicago blue bottle in new york trust me anybody hands me some of those i'm drinking I'm just sitting here thinking, gosh, why didn't we record our conversation for the podcast at Ceremony? Why didn't we just go there in Annapolis and next time? Next time. Next time. Next time. Okay, so we're going to transition now from uh, coffee Mm -hmm. to uh, something else that you are pretty passionate about, and yet you've made incredible changes in your life around your relationship with it. And that's food. Mm. Um, you have, Mike has lost over 140 pounds in the last year and a half. Since uh, June, June, the end of June 2019. So, wow. yeah, so we're, we're two and a year and a half in. Can you talk to me a little bit about why you decided to have the bariatric surgery, why mm-hmm. that was important to you? How are you feeling about you on the inside? How has this changed your life? The inside is good. I will I will say I've learned a, a few things about this since the process of this. Mm-hmm. I have always been a big guy. And on my dad's side of my family, were all the men and women are all big people. Uh, so there's a genetic to it. Now, 
my crutch had always been is that we were also really healthy. No blood pressure issues, no diabetes, no no any kind of issues that normally come along with weight, with the exception of kind of joints and stuff with age and carrying that kind of weight. Sure. So there was a part of me that was like, I didn't like the fact that I was bigger, but I also kind of went, eh, I've chalked it up to this is the genetics in my family and and I'm fine and I'm healthy. So, you know, there's no real motivation to really change it. Mm-hmm. Um, the The short story is basically that a few years back I was, went in for physical. I've had the same doctor for 30 years. And he just came to me and said, hey, you're doing really good. Cholesterol's still low, blah, blah, blah. But here's this thing I need us to start watching, and that is that the last couple of years, your blood pressure has slowly started to rise each year you come in Mm. for a physical. And both of my parents are in their 70s and both on multiple uh, blood pressure medications. Okay. So while heart disease itself has not been a big issue in our family, we do have some high blood pressure. And so he he was to the point where... You know, you, we probably need to think about going on some medicine. And I just mm. went, oh, I really don't want to do that mm. right now. And he said, have you ever thought about bariatric surgery? And I said, yeah, I, I thought about it a few years back, but I never really went any farther with it. And he said, I think you should, you know, check it out because that's the closest thing to a cure, quote unquote, for obesity that we have okay. is bariatric surgery. And it's much more prevalent now than it used to be. One in five Americans have had bariatric surgery, wow. 20% of the country, which I didn't realize. That's incredible. I went to a seminar. As soon as I went there and I heard them talk about it, I said, that's the thing for me. Because it, it, it is a forced way. If you're going to literally go under the knife to do this procedure, you better be serious about it, 100%. Um, you they- can do this and go back and right. gain weight again. But I just, to me, I walked in there and, and it is a God thing, you know, being a man of faith, God is in all the things that I do, especially in a decision like that. Mm -hmm. And I left that meeting without a doubt in my mind. I left that meeting going, this is what I'm doing. I'm supposed to do this. Everything was green lights for me. For people that don't know what exactly it is. Sure. What, what is bariatric surgery? What do they do? And why did you know? How did you know? Yep, that's me. Right. Gotta so do that. there's a few different there's a few different versions of it. The most prevalent one now is what they call a gastric sleeve, which is they go in and basically remove uh, about eighty to ninety percent of your actual stomach. So your stomach becomes about a four ounce, four to six ounce pouch. Wow. Instead of that. The other thing is a bypass where they basically remove the stomach completely and they they attach your esophagus to your intestines. I didn't want to go that way for a number of reasons. The biggest one was uh, nothing was wrong with me on the inside. So it was kind of like the stomach still serves a purpose. I want to keep it, but let's do this thing where it becomes much smaller. Okay. Um, So it forces you to lose weight uh, because you can only eat so much. And the other piece of it is there are things that there's trade-offs that you make with this in that you, you, you know, I'm on multivitamins a number of times a day. 
bariatric vitamins. So there are things that you have to do to continue to get all the vitamins and minerals you need that you're not getting from your food absorption. Sure. So that's part of it that you have to you have to look at all of this. Mm-hmm. And I don't take this lightly. It is not for everyone. But it was the thing for me when I sat in that in that it was a two hour seminar where they go through everything. Mm-hmm. Talk to you about the procedure, how your life is going to be. My biggest thing was how, what happens afterwards? Like, what do I eat? How do I eat? Mm-hmm. Um, what can I eat? Am I on shakes the rest of my life? What is it? And the the thing that really tripped it for me was the, the, the doctor, who was the gentleman who did my surgery, said, if you're a foodie, which I am, you can still be a foodie after this procedure. You're just going to take half of it home. And I went, I'm good with leftovers. So, <laughs> right. I, I mean, to me, it's like if I can have a good meal and then I get to have it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's really what it what it was for me was, you know, OK, I can um, eat not the same way and not all the same things because it is a lifestyle issue. But I can still eat really good food, really good tasting food. Um, I'm just doing it in a, in a much smaller portion. And Mike brings in some of these amazing little bites of things that are just, so, it's like a bite that is so flavor filled yeah. that I'm like, man, that's, that's really good stuff. Is this the way that you can foresee yourself eating like for the rest of your life? Do you feel satisfied? I do. And that was the big thing was, can I, can I be satisfied yeah. with this? And um, I, being a foodie, I'm an adventurous eater. So the nice part about that is, is it's not like, okay, man, I only like these four things. And now <laughs> with this, I can't eat three of them. Ugh. Right. I feel for folks that are, you know, that have this procedure, do this for their health reasons. Um, and then, you know, are, feel like they're much more limited. My world is wide open. Um, I've been blessed that there's nothing I, there's nothing I can't eat, you know, mm-hmm. on this. It's just the amounts. Yeah. And what's good for me, it's learning to say, if I'm only going to eat three ounces or four ounces, then I'm going to uh, be very specific in what I'm doing. And I'm only going to eat really good things. I don't want to eat junk. Right. Because I can only eat a little bit of it. So I might as well eat things that are going to benefit me health wise, but are also going to taste amazing. The other piece of it is, um, yeah, the side benefit is I dropped 140 pounds. I'm wearing clothes that I haven't worn in. 35 years, not the same clothes, but size-wise, yeah. um, I I feel better. Mm. Just overall energy, stamina, brain power, all of that feels much better. I did realize that um, as much as I said being bigger did not bother me, it did. It bothered me. It wasn't front and center, and I laughed it off, and I, and I was healthy, and I'm the jokey guy, and I'm the funny guy, so, you know... Um, mm. But there were times that it bothered me. At times, I, I was, I didn't like the fact that I couldn't go ride a roller coaster because I couldn't put the bar down. Mm. I couldn't fit in the thing. I had that one time where, where I got onto a thing and I thought, oh, I can get into that. And I got on and I had to get off because oh. they couldn't get the bar down far enough. And that is, that's embarrassing. Mm. That is embarrassing. And so you just don't do things. You don't put yourself in those situations. Right. Um, I can remember you telling me, too, how you felt because uh, you do a bit of traveling, or at least mm-hmm. you did prior to COVID, you yeah. know, a lot of traveling. 
But I can remember you telling me how you felt about getting on a plane, that there was a little bit of angst there about putting the... You're, the well, you're in the three seats, and you you know people coming down the aisle hmm. are like... Mm. Now, I used it to my advantage when I knew that it wasn't a full flight in the fact that, you know, well, if I look big, no one will sit in that middle seat, you know. <laughs> so I would kind of look form try to look formidable. But, you, I mean, I always had to ask for an extender, a seatbelt extender, because mm-hmm. seatbelts never, never fit. And so I, I wasn't overly embarrassed about that necessarily. The, the, stu- the, the flight attendants seemed more embarrassed for me, <laughs> like, because mm. I'm sure some people it's, it's a more embarrassing thing to have to ask for that. But it feels good when you don't have to. Right. It felt so much better when I, the last time I flew and I'm just like, oh my gosh, not only does the belt fit, but look, there's space. I actually shot a little video of me like moving <laughs> the belt, like I've got space in the belt. Um, just, just overall I felt it, but I realized that inside there were some things that this, this did bother me. There were things that bothered me and I'm by no means a skinny person now, but it, it is, it has helped me feel you know, better in more ways than I even expected to. Mm. So that's the personal side. The other piece that's interesting that I think we do this across the board as as, as a society is that eating is a great communal experience. Totally. Um, <laughs> you know, some of our best times, you and me, is, is, is enjoying lunch yeah. or enjoying a meal and sitting and talking and doing that. And I love that. What I realize, though, sometimes is when we do that, we are so focused on each other or the group or doing what we're doing, we're not enjoying the food we're eating. Mm-hmm. I mean, we say, oh, this is really good, this is really good, and then it's gone. And then you're like, oh, well, now, because I can only eat three or four ounces at a time, I I have to focus on what I'm eating. I literally had a lunch. The first time I think I went out to lunch after the surgery um, was with a few colleagues from from our station, and we went somewhere, and I was eating, and we were chatting, and I ate that last bite, and uh, and I felt like, oh, I'm full. I can't eat anymore. Mm. And then I looked down, and I realized that I, I had no idea what I just ate. I mean, I knew in my head what I ate. I yeah. didn't taste it. I was wow. too busy focused on talking and yeah. and interacting, which is not a bad thing. But I have to learn to not only slow down, but I need to savor. I'm only eating that little bit. I want to savor each bite and really enjoy it and focus on it. Yeah. And so I have to do that when I'm in a social situation and eating is slow down. Right. Which we should all do anyway when we're eating, but mm-hmm. is to slow down, enjoy the food and enjoy the company at the same time. That's that's so good. I'm, I'm curious. So I want to throw another topic out at you. Um, that I know you could talk about um, extensively, but um, I want to talk to you about your wife, Stacy. Um, mm-hmm. So something to know about Mike. Mike has been married to the same lovely lady for 34 years in a row. Yes, in a <laughs> row. Um, and they've got a great love story, um, which I want to hear about in just, just a moment. But when you've been with someone for that long, mm-hmm. um, um, this big change that you made in your life is a big change for her, too. <laughs> Yes, it was. How has it changed the dynamics of your relationship? Well, here's what I would say. Uh, we were I was blessed in the fact that over the years, uh, I tried to lose weight in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I did I did um, um, and, and it's keto now. I did 
Like uh, Nutris- Atkins. Oh, I did Atkins. Atkins. Yeah, yeah. I did Nutrisystem way back when. I did Metafast for three years, you know. And so I was very used, and I'm the main cook in our family. So I was very used to cooking, like for dinner, multiple items, something for uh, Stacy, my son, Matt, and then something separate for me or a side portion of something for me. Mm-hmm. So that part was there. Going into this, I mean, it was a huge life change. Not only surgery, but it's everything afterwards. So even though I was 100%, I've got to do this, I came home from that meeting and sat down with Stacy and said, here's the paperwork and here's all the stuff. <sighs> you need to, like, be on board with this if I'm going to do this mm-hmm. because – um, it's not so much that her life changed, but but there would be things that we'd have to do, things I'd have to do moving forward with this. Uh, she was totally on board because, one, it was a health issue, mm-hmm. and she knew how hard I've worked. I've lost 80 pounds before. I've lost 100 pounds before, but it's always come back. Mm-hmm. This has been something that is sustainable. And so relationship-wise, honestly, I don't think a lot has changed with us. It's not the case in a lot of relationships. Um, in the bariatric community, there are so many stories mm. of relationship issues after surgery because someone is comfortable with uh, the old version. The, the old, old version of that. Um, you know, your marriage can be super strong, but all of a sudden, your partner has lost a hundred pounds or whatever, and. And maybe is getting attention from other sources, from outside sources. You know, people, oh, you look good. Oh, right. my goodness, you look good. Is that going to threaten right. that, you know, well, man, they look, you know, good. It's it's different now. Um, it's something you do have to talk about. Yeah. And, and there, if I'd had this surgery maybe at our 10-year mark versus mm-hmm. 34, maybe it had been more different. Well, 32 years when we had it. This for us, I mean, you know, lots of people saying good things. I mean, she's just, you know, she's loving it. She's oh. so proud. And, you know, I just like, hey, I'm 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 your arm candy now. You know, so um and, and we great. have we have fun with it. So there there wasn't really there, but it can be an issue for for some couples after that kind of surgery and yeah. that kind of life and not even just surgery, any kind of massive change like that in in your life um you have to watch that for us it really wasn't it wasn't a relationship issue as much and the communications are always open well you guys uh stacy and mike met at the very tender age of were you nine fourth grade whatever age fourth grade is i think it's like eight or nine years old that's just incredible and um so you've been married now for 34 years. Yeah, but you... we got married in sixth grade. And uh, <laughs> no, we we met, in, we met in fourth grade. We did not date until our senior year in high school. Wow. Um, I moved in and out of her life. I, I moved a lot as a kid. So I just happened to come back to the area where she was living in, in Glen Burnie, Mike Maryland. Mike was a rolling stone. And wherever I was, he laid his hat I, uh, was his home. Yeah, you were moving all like over that. the place. <laughs> Wasn't in control at that time. <laughs> Other people were guiding my life. But uh, uh, but we started dating. Uh, we were we were always friends, and mm-hmm. we were always good friends. And I didn't find out till after we were dating and maybe engaged that in sixth grade when we were in school together, she had a crush on me. Oh, you didn't and know that. I had no idea. We were great friends. I mean, we... 
we did home ec class together and and all this and and she was she was just fun and we always used to talk i had no idea she she liked me like that oh my so goodness. so so all these years of knowing one another and really growing up together mm-hmm. you guys grew up together we were 19 when we got married that's just so uh precious and tender um what is your what's your secret what's your secret of sustaining um a healthy marriage a mm. uh, friendship romance you know all of that keeping that alive after you've lived so much life together and grown up together yeah the main number one for anything is is got to be communication yeah if you're not communicating then then assumptions happen and feelings get hurt or buried because they're not brought forth you've got to talk you've got to have those communication times and sometimes it's tough Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, it, you know, it's an awkward, like, it can be an awkward conversation. And you just have to force yourself. You to, guys talk pretty well together. You've you've got a good rhythm of sharing what you're really feeling with each yeah, other. Yeah, we do. But I have, I, there are times where, you know, we're out taking a drive. And we're in the middle of the drive and I'm just in my head going, I, I, I got to just figure out a way to say this i've got to figure out a way to bring this up i gotta you know yeah and and you just have to and and sometimes i'll preface it with i've been trying i've been sitting here for half an hour trying to figure out how to like bring this up so i'm just gonna say it (laughs) because it's not like you know uh she's not gonna jump out of the car uh and that's why i go fast uh so she doesn't jump out of the car (laughs) but it's it's the communication so that's the number one there's to me, there's no one right answer for that because it over the course of 34 years, it has changed in different ways. There are periods in the marriage of it's the it's the the newlywed thing and the the everything's cool and you're doing everything together and it's all new and you do get comfortable, but you have to be careful not to become. And we were always great friends, so that's always that was always a great thing. You have to be careful not to become great roommates. Mm, my goodness. And to not, mm-hmm. you know, change that up. Um, Dave Paul, who you had on a few weeks back because Dave had been, you know, has been with us for years. Dave and I have very interesting opposite ideas about not ideas about marriage, but the way that we look at it. The secret sauce. He and Ava, <laughs> he and Ava, he said, I don't have to try to love her. I have to work at making sure I'm being her friend. Staying in like. Staying in like. They had to be staying in like because they met and dated. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing. He knew like he met her and he said, I'm going to marry her. That kind of thing. Stacy Knight is the opposite. We were friends. We were really good friends for a long time before we did it, before I fell in love with her. And it's easy to be in that friendship because we're such good friends to make sure that I'm doing the love part, that yeah. I'm that I'm working at that, that I don't take that for granted. That's such good words of wisdom. We're going to pause uh, just for a moment and just want to say thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, I need more coffee. (laughs) Get the man some coffee. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And, you know, I would love it if you would subscribe, if you would share it with others. And if you would be so kind as to leave a review, that's not just so I can feel so much better about myself. No, that's so other people can find the podcast, which... I really believe can help people. Uh, Each week I get to have conversations with interesting people 
that are doing great things in the world that have wisdom to share with us. So uh, share it with somebody, subscribe, leave a review. And really, thank you so much. We're, we're glad to have you part of the uh, Your Day Brighter family. And now let's jump back to my conversation with one of my favorite people, for real. His name is Mike Alley. So I got another uh, quickity topic for you. Sure. Jesus. Mm. You're a man of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to host the morning show here in, in Baltimore on the most amazing station, 95.1 yep. Shine FM. I know you feel about this ministry the way that I do. Just It is just an honor every day to come in and mm. do, do what we do. It is. Um, and I know you love the Lord. I would love for you to share a little bit about how you came to know mm. Jesus in a personal way. So raised raised in a church family, um, but not a not an everyday not an every Sunday going to church family. So Jesus Christianity was always a part of our mix. Mm-hmm. We were Christians. We were Jesus lovers. My grandfather uh, was a huge Southern gospel fan. So music has always been in the center of my life. Even, even from that, in an early age, my grandmother mm-hmm. still has reel-to-reel tapes of me singing Southern gospel stuff when reel-to-reel I was like reel four. Tapes. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Kids, if you don't know what that is, Google it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, so that's Jesus and faith has always been a, a part of the, the life but the church part wasn't. It was there, and we went from time to time. But it wasn't an aspect. And I never, you know, you're a kid. You don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't like. I didn't question it. It was just like sometimes we went, and sometimes we were in an area, and we went for weeks at a time. And I was like, okay, great. And other times it would fell away. And so for me, it was just always a thing. And I'll never, I'll never forget. My grandmother was always talking about being 13. When you get to 13. That's, you know, you're a man. As, as the Bible, as the Bible says, that's where you become a man. You're, you're now responsible for your own faith. And so mm. uh, we were at that time, um, you know, like in the Southern Baptist Church, and it was the, you know, we're going to sing just as I am at the end of the service, and you need to walk down the aisle and make your profession of faith in front of God and everyone at the church, wow. and then you have to get baptized. And so it was just kind of... Uh, Pick my pick my Sunday that that it was like okay this is my time to do to do to do <laughs> and it was um, it was real to me I don't want to say it wasn't real it was real to me and I believed in Jesus and I got it um, it just wasn't you know it was kind of perfunctory this is what we're gonna do mm-hmm. and so I went down the aisle and I did it and I meant it I mean it wasn't. You know, I didn't mean it. Yep, this is it. I'm I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm proclaiming it. And then it was go get baptized, and we went and got baptized, and um, and that was great. And nothing must change. You know, it was kind of life. When I was into my teenage years a little bit more, we were actually at a church that we were going every Sunday. I was in the youth group. It was like more of like, okay, cool. This is started learning what it meant. I I learned a little bit more. I will say it was more youth group of, hey, here's some Jesus stuff and here's a few verses. Now let's go have an all night lock in. (laughs) Uh, You know, I, I. it was always there, and I loved all those people, but it wasn't like, 
it wasn't like a hardcore let's talk about your faith and what it means in school yeah. and what it means at home and what it means for you as as a growing teenager and a citizen of life um it wasn't really until um towards my my senior year in that in that area where I got a bit more serious about it uh Stacy comes into play in this because when we started dating she was uh going to a church and was transitioning out of the youth group into it was a smaller church so they didn't have like uh they had what they called kind of the young adults group and it was you're out of high school uh and you're single you're not in the married group so you're in this group <laughs> so it was a, this hodgepodge of people from like 17 to like 30 in this group but we talked about real stuff. We had fun, but we did talk about our faith. Yeah. And we did talk about kind of what it meant to us at that time. And I will tell you the the pivotal moment for me when everything became real. And that was I've been flying since I was little. My parents divorced when I was five. My dad moved back to Ohio. I would fly twice a year at least on mm -hmm. the planes um, and by myself. And I loved flying. I mean, for years I thought I was going to be a pilot. So loved flying. Never had a minute uh, of nervousness or anything flying. I love it. I was uh, 17. I don't remember what it, what it was. Doing a cross-country trip to California. Mm -hmm. Got on the plane. Was in my seat. Ready to go. So excited. Going to be this nice long flight. I love this. Great. We started to to taxi out towards the runway. And I broke out into a cold sweat. Hmm. And it was, what, what what, if we crash? What if I die? And just all of a sudden in my head, it was like, why, why am I concerned about us crashing? And why am I concerned about if I die? And it was, if I die, am, am I going to heaven? Am I, you know, hmm. I, don't wanna, I don't know if I thought, am I good enough or whatever. But it was just this fear came over me of, I'm going to, we, if we crash and I die, I don't know. Am I am I going to heaven? Is it real? Is everything real? And I mean, until we got into the air, I didn't like release the seats, you know, the seat handles. I was white knuckling it. And I've never had an experience like that before because it came out of the blue. I was wow. so excited. And then all of a sudden, my mind started going there. So trip goes, we get back. Stacy and I kind of had this uh, routine. Um, our group met on Sunday nights. So a lot of times Stacy and I would get to, we weren't married yet, so we were still dating. I don't even think we were engaged yet. We would go to Friendly's ice cream place, and we would normally get dinner or, you know, a little burger or something and, and an ice cream, and then we'd go to youth group. And we were sitting at Friendly's, and I remember talking to her and saying, hey, I need to tell you about something that happened. And it's it's shaken me because I just don't know, mm -hmm. do I really believe? And it wasn't that I believe, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Why am I not sure? I should be sure. And Stacy said to me, she goes, when we get to, uh, we met at the church, the group met at the church in like the little pastor study. And she goes, when we get there, why don't you just go into the sanctuary? And why don't you just pray? Why don't you ask God to just like, you just let him know what's going on. Um, she's always been, she's so far ahead of me on spiritual things. She's mm. amazing. 
I went in. I got we got to the church. The group started to meet. And I just kind of went into the sanctuary, and I just sat in the front pew and I just prayed, and I just I just said, Lord, I need to know deep inside. I need to know, and you know, there wasn't lightning. There wasn't tingling. There wasn't you know uh, anything other than I can tell you, as I sat there. I felt it deep down that it's, yes, you're covered, you're mine. Mm. And and I just went, Gosh, good, I'm done. That's so beautiful. And to this day, when I'm on an airplane, <laughs> and I have been flying, not until COVID, but I've been flying, you know, I fly many times a year. When I get on the airplane, we get to the point right before we, start revving up the engines to take off as we're rolling down the runway. I say the same thing every time, which is I close my eyes and I say, God, I'm either getting there or I'm going to see you. Take care of everybody. No fear, but just as almost kind of a, an homage to that, that, that frightened, that frightened kid who just, you know, mm. needed to know that everything was real. I say that prayer every time mm. because I'm sure I'm getting there. The plan is I'm getting there or the plan is I'm coming to see you. Both things are great. Both things are great. I think you're pretty great. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I don't know that yep. I've ever heard that story before. And um, there you go. Gosh, Whew, man. Uh, and this many years later, um, you've been in ministry for a long, long time, serving this great God who secures your heart mm. and your salvation and guides your life. And uh, I thank God for you. Thank you for being my friend. I'm the last one I thought would be in ministry, too. I mean, really. <laughs> you can take a goofy, sarcastic guy and <laughs> use him for him, then you know he's God. Oh, <laughs> Mike Galley, thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast. You got it. And um, we hope we we both invite you to to listen to our our morning show, Tracy and Mike, um, on ninety five one Shine FM mm-hmm. in uh, Baltimore, Washington, and Maryland, Maryland's the Christian world. Radio in the world. The world. Uh, we love what we get to do, telling people about this great God that saved us, that uses goofy people like Mike. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Not like Tracy. <laughs> no. No, she's pretty like. steady. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Love you. Love you. Your Day Brighter is produced by Brighter Media Group, Tracy Tiernan, and John Lawhon. Editing by Julie Gilligan. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave a review and tell us what you think of the podcast. And make sure you share it with someone who needs encouragement today. Thanks so much for listening. And tell somebody your story today. Or better yet, ask to hear their story. <laughs>